Welcome to the Mad Mountain Podcast. My name is Scott Young. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, This morning I have a Dirtbag Cinema edition of the podcast focused on the Lance Armstrong documentary entitled Lance that ESPN has shown over the last few days. And I wanted to talk today about the things that I enjoyed about the documentary. I'm not going to go into Lance's story in specifics. If you uh, have happened upon this podcast, then you're familiar with Lance Armstrong's uh, rise and fall. But I want to talk about the things that I thought were uh, interesting and compelling in the documentary. And I thought they did a nice job uh, for the most part. And um, I'm not a cycling fanatic. So I know the basic story of the of Lance Armstrong's rise and fall. I don't I didn't know a lot of the details or I'd forgotten a lot of the details because it's been several years. Um and again, I'm not going to get into the details, but I wanted to talk about some of the things that I thought were really uh really interesting. The first is uh stepping back from Lance's story for several years now because he's been out of the limelight really since he um, had his uh, fall from grace when he admitted to using PED. So it's been several years. But how much his story and maybe what compels us or or continues to draw us to it is that it follows this uh, hero's journey, this kind of mythic arc where he's, he's hit with tragedy in this crazy challenge of cancer and the images of him in the hospital getting chemotherapy in his bed. I mean, it shows just how crazy uh, difficult it it was for him to overcome the cancer. And then he has, he does overcome it and he has this amazing rise, meteoric rise, because he doesn't just overcome the cancer which is a huge victory in and of itself. But then he rises to the top of an endurance sport cycling uh, to a level that had never been seen before. He won seven Tour de France's in a row, unprecedented in history. So he had just this remarkable rise. And then he had the uh, the fall. It was almost almost like he was Icarus and he flew too close to the sun. Um, on the wings of performance-enhancing drugs, which caused his downfall. And that leads to the second, the second thing that I thought was really interesting about this documentary was why. Why is he doing it? Why now? And I thought that the answer was pretty clear. He wants back into public life. He is, for the last few years, has been relegated to the status of regular guy, like the rest of us, driving kids to school, soccer practice, no fanfare, and he doesn't like that. And he he wants back. He he is tired of kind of being the the pariah or the outcast because of the PEDs, and um, this is kind of a salvo to get back into the public life. And um, you know, there's a monetary aspect to that as well to try to resurrect the brand um, and try to uh, be able to monetize that. You can't monetize it when you're just being a suburban dad in Aspen, Colorado. So I think the why is really interesting 
to me, that seems pretty clear. Um, the next thing that I find really interesting and the, the documentary, I, I feel like you had to think about this concept from the whole, uh, from the whole range of the documentary. And the question is, is Lance sorry? And there's kind of two real subparts to that. One, is he sorry for what he did using performance-enhancing drugs, cheating, just com- just ruining lives of people who accused him of, rightfully accused him of using performance-enhancing drugs? Is he sorry for those actions? Or is he sorry he, get ca- he got caught? And this is a really interesting question, not just for Lance, but for each of us. When we do things that we shouldn't do, when we feel moral guilt for different things, are we sorry because we get caught or are we sorry because it's something that we know we shouldn't have done and we did it anyway? And, you know, for most of us, myself included, we're lucky that these things don't play out on a public stage like they did for Lance. And, uh, of course, we don't have the fanfare or the money that goes along with that. And so there's, there, there are trade-offs. But I think it's a question that each of us can relate to because all of us do things that are wrong and all of us to some degree or another attempt to justify those things and all of us feel guilt and that is part of the human condition and part of part of what what frankly joins us all together but the question is and and I'll just speak for myself sometimes I'm more sorry that I get caught and then there are other times that I'm more sorry about what I've done and in the documentary, I felt like Lance came off uh, as though he was really more sorry for uh, getting caught than what he'd done. It seemed like he feels that the sport of cycling was rife with cheating. He, everyone was doing it, and he beat everyone that was doing it. The fact that everyone was doing it leveled the playing field. And he had overcome cancer and built this great foundation that had helped cancer research and survivors and so forth. And he felt like like this was not, the PEDs were not sufficient to take that down or shouldn't have been sufficient to take that down. And I think this was most revealed when he was asked about Floyd Landis and he called him a P.O.S., and clearly the interviewer was taken aback by that. And again, Floyd Landis is the cyclist who doped with Lance on his team and then outed him. And uh, the interviewer, after that response, asked Lance, kind of gave him another chance to walk it back and say something like, well, you know, that's how I felt about Floyd at the time. And upon further reflection and, and as time has passed, you know, I can understand and he's a decent guy. But Lance went the exact opposite way, and he doubled down and said, no, I don't think Floyd Landis is a POS. I know he's a POS. And so that was that was really interesting, and it was revealing, because the, the only reason that Lance would think Floyd is a POS is because Floyd outed him. And, um, and so that, my read on that, and I could be dead wrong on this, of course, but my read is that it seemed... Like Lance is more sorry that he got caught than that he did it. So I thought that was an interesting aspect of it. Um, Two other things that I thought were really interesting. The first is that, and I had completely forgotten this, but 
Lance Armstrong would have probably gotten away with it if he would have stayed in retirement. So, and I'm going to get the years off a little bit, but he he wins his seventh Tour de France in a row, I believe in 2005 or 2006, and he retires. He walks off a champion, just like Peyton Manning after the Super Bowl. Frankly, like so few athletes do, but he did it. And the whole thing had kind of died down until a few years later, he's working out, he's in shape, he sees someone win the Tour de France that he doesn't think is really worthy of it, and he says, I'm getting back in. And it's when he comes back into cycling and out of retirement that uh, Floyd Landis files the whistleblower suit and, and this thing gets revived. And I just find that so fascinating because, one, I can just picture Lance at home in shape, thinking he can win, just wanting to hear the chants and the cheers as he drives down the Champs-Élysées in, uh, in Paris to win it one more time. And how intoxicating that must have been to pull him out of retirement and then I think about it a little bit more closely, and I wonder, well, what am I going to do in retirement? And this is really a more common, albeit on a much lesser scale, a more common problem for people than than it may at first seem. And it's a, it's a lot harder to ride off into the sunset uh, than people think because darkness follows after the sunset. You're not a celebrity anymore. Lance Armstrong isn't on Leno and Letterman anymore. When he's in retirement, he's changing diapers, fixing bike tires for his kids, doing the normal everyday things that that dads do. And um, the pull to do something else and to see if he had a second act is um, is something that we're all going to grapple with. I mean, I, the interesting thing about athletes is that they deal with it at a much younger age and when they're in better shape. But I don't know that it's any different for people that are 60. And, you know, I was watching a special on Blue Zones, these areas where people live to be 100 years old. And the commentator made the comment that the the, the second most dangerous year of life is the year you retire. The first most dangerous is your first year of life because you're so vulnerable. But the second most is the year you retire. And that's because researchers think because you can get lost, you can lose the purpose that you've spent your whole life working towards and things like this. And I thought that that was evident and it really made me think about my own direction. The last thing that I'll mention, and then I'll close this up, is I just thought it was interesting to consider how the media looked at itself. A lot of people believe the media were complicit in letting Lance um, go for so long with the PEDs because so many people were busted. He was associated with Dr. Michele Ferrari, who was uh, known in the PED circle. But Lance was a cancer survivor, and we all wanted to root for him, and we all know someone who's had to deal with cancer, and it was so inspiring to have someone uh, rise above it and kind of lead the way and then do what he did with his foundation. And, um, you know... Did the media give him a little bit of a pass? It seemed like it to me, but uh, but I can understand the dynamic of it. In the end, Lance Armstrong, frankly, is much more like me than I'd like to admit. Um, 
we're all gray, we're all making compromises, we're all making decisions that, um, that, you know, may have some impact and, and, and may not be exactly right. And Lance did a lot of good things, he did a lot of bad things. And um, all, all, all we can really hope for is that our good things outweigh our bad things and that the things we're doing today are better than the things we did yesterday. So really enjoyed Lance. Really interesting reminder of his legacy and what uh, happened with him. And uh, go check it out. And uh, if you have any comments for me, if you like this, didn't like it, email me at madmountaincollective at gmail.com. And I hope to see you out on the mountain.